Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. All right, what we got here? Today is the 24th of November. This is the last week in November for us. Isn't that something? And let's see here. We have uh, no streaming Bible class this week. So anybody that attends the Bible class, obviously Thursday is Thanksgiving. And so we'll be eating turkey and not here in the church on Thursday night. So if you uh, uh, want to just go back and watch one of the old studies, and that's fine. You'll get your superior word Bible for the week. But, uh, and we still don't have Facebook stream, but we do have YouTube stream. So uh, uh, we apologize about that. But when Facebook changed things, we just did not upgrade the, uh, to the whatever type of server that needed to be upgraded to. So eventually we'll get that, but I probably won't bring that up again. Just if you want to watch online, you have to watch YouTube. And let's see, our first category, as always, is Israel. And from Israel Hayom, Cyprus signs a $9 billion gas exploitation deal with Israeli firm Energy Majors. Okay, now I brought this up and I talk about these things from time to time. And you're saying, well, why aren't you talking about Netanyahu being indicted? Or why aren't you talking about, listen, it's all over the news and everything is in chaos right now in Israel. We have no idea what's going to happen with the elections. We're not going to know anything about Netanyahu for a while it's all just, everything is transitory. There's no sense in speculating because all that does is it just adds one more opinion, which doesn't really matter, into the mix of a 10 billion opinion. So instead, we'll talk about things that have happened in Israel. Cyprus announced that it signed its first ever natural gas exploitation deal with the Aphrodite gas field, saying it chose a consortium comprising of Israel's Delek, industry giant Shell, U.S.-based Noble. The 25-year lease is worth $9.3 billion, which means Israel gets a cut of that. The Aphrodite gas field discovered off Cyprus's shores in 2011 is estimated to contain over 113 billion cubic meters of gas. Noble Energy, Shell, and Delek now have in their hands the first exploitation license granted by the Republic of Cyprus so they can commercialize the deposit, said Energy Minister some Greek name that I can't pronounce, shortly after the agreement was signed. The signing of the deal comes after the cabinet approved revisions to a production sharing agreement made at the company's request due to a significant fall in hydrocarbon prices since mid-2014. Nicosia is set to receive an average yearly income of $520 million over an 18-year period. So people are getting a little cut of the pie out of that. And it's funny, you know, I see these Greek names and I can't pronounce them, but if they're written in Greek, then I can read them. It's, I don't know, you take something and you transliterate it into English and it, it just looks a little spooky. Um, but, uh, you know, this is also a problem with Turkey because Turkey and Cyprus have these fields and they argue over them. They're drilling in each other's areas or actually Turkey is going in to Cyprus and they're because they have claim over that, which they don't rightfully have claim over it. But this is going to be a sore spot. They are working on this one now, but there are other fields out there that are being contested by Turkey. And uh, we'll just see where all that goes. From the Jerusalem Post, West Bank settlements, not illegal. This is the big news of the week. If you haven't heard this, this is it. Pompeo announces in historic shift. If you haven't heard this, you have not been reading 
uh, or watching the news, but that's okay. And uh, it's just a very good thing which has happened. Our administration is the most Israel-friendly administration in the history of the universe, and I hope it continues this way. In a historic reversal of U.S. policy, the Trump admin announced that it does not view Israeli settlements in the West Bank as illegal. The policy change was announced by Secretary of State Pompeo in Washington, and you know he did not unilaterally make that decision. That was Trump who said, you can go ahead and announce this. After carefully studying all sides of the legal debate, this admin agrees with President Reagan, Pompeo said in reference to Ronald Reagan's position that settlements were not inherently illegal. The establishment of Israeli civilian settlements in the West Bank is not per se inconsistent with the international law. Prime Minister Netanyahu praised Pompeo, saying the U.S. adopted an important policy that writes a historical wrong when the Trump admin clearly rejected the false claim that Israeli settlements in Judea and Samaria are inherently illegal under international law. This policy reflects an historical truth that the Jewish people are not foreign colonialists in Judea and Samaria. In fact, we are called Jews because we are the people of Judea. The U.S. policy, Pompeo said, was based on the unique facts, history, and circumstances presented by the establishment of civilian settlements in the West Bank. Good job, President Trump and his administration. From Zero Hedge, Russia slams U.S. backing for Israeli settlements as new dangerous escalation, as if anything could get more dangerous in the Middle East anyway. From the Jerusalem Post, Faroe Islands will recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Well, that's good news. They're about the size of a peanut. If, does anybody know where the Faroe Islands are? Way, way up off of Scotland. Yes, they're way up there in the middle of nowhere, but they have taken the time to recognize. And the uh, Faroe Islands is a self-governing archipelago that is part of the Kingdom of Denmark and is comprised of 18 volcanic islands between Iceland and Norway in the North Atlantic Ocean. Denmark has registered its objection to the move and has no plans to move its own embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Okay, so there you go with that. Denmark doesn't like what the Faroe Islands does, but they're an independent entity and they've decided to side with Israel. Okay, and then uh, from The Guardian, products from Israeli settlements must be labeled EU court rules. Okay, this isn't good news for Israel, but there's more good news coming down here a little bit later. The EU's top court has ruled that EU countries must identify products made in Israeli settlements on their labels. In a decision welcomed by rights groups, but likely to spark anger in Israel, the Luxembourg-based court said the labeling of products from Israeli settlements must provide an indication of that provenance, so consumers could make informed choices. Yeah, when they shopped. The EU has consistently spoken out against Israeli settlement expansion, saying it undermines the hopes for a two-state solution by gobbling up lands claimed by the Palestinians. Israel says the labeling is unfair and discriminatory, and here it is, and the other countries involved in disputes over land are not treated in the same way, and that is exactly true. Disputed lands are not treated this way, except when Israel's involved. But good news from the Free Beacon, Trump admin will fight European mandate that Jewish-made goods carry warning labels. The Trump admin is preparing to go toe-to-toe with the EU over the latter's recent decision to mandate that Jewish-made goods produced in the contested areas of Israel carry consumer warning labels, a decision critics have described as reminiscent of Nazi-era boycotts, according to senior U.S. officials. 
The EU's decision comes as Israel faces down a renewed wave of violence from the Palestinian terrorists and a spillover of jihadist violence from the surrounding Arab countries. The admin is gearing up to fight the EU's decision and protect its Mideast ally from threats both physical and legal. The official said the efforts to delegitimize Israel will not be taken lightly by the Trump administration and will be met with counteraction. The Trump admin considers the EU's legal moves an endorsement of the BDS movement, which aims to wage economic warfare on Israel and its citizens. The decision also undermines U.S. efforts to foster peace talks between Israel and the Palestinians, official said. A group of leading lawmakers in Congress warned the EU earlier this week that any decision to single out Jewish-made goods would be met with an aggressive response by the United States. The Trump admin says that it is more than willing to work with its partners in Congress to bolster any action they may take in the coming weeks. That is good news. We've got a president that is supporting Israel, and he is doing the right things against the EU, who is just as anti-Israel as they can be. And then from the Times of Israel, something good. Again, Dutch parliament passes motion against mandatory labeling of settlement products. So even in the EU, there are people arguing this over. Coalition approved decisions calls on government to object to EU courts ruling as discriminatory unless similar standards are applied to all disputed territories around the world, which is what needs to happen. If they don't do it, it's clearly anti-Semitism and clearly anti-Israel. So I'm glad that at least the Dutch have taken this stand, and we'll see if some others do in the week ahead as well. Um, Christian News Today Chick-fil-A, it's kind of up in the air right now what's going on. Uh, one person says that they've caved. Uh, Franklin Graham calls the guy Dave, whatever his name is, and he had to talk and he says, we haven't caved. And so there's dispute on this both ways. We'll wait and give a uh, analysis, but I will say this. I like beef, so it doesn't affect me at all. I, I have gone to Chick-fil-A, I think, three times, maybe twice, but... It was when Kelly Carlin was alive and her daughter was in the military academy and Chick-fil-A was doing things for the military academy. And so I went there and got my chicken sandwiches. I'm not a chicken guy, so that doesn't affect me. But if we find out that it really is a negative thing, then I think no Christian should go there just as a, a, a boycott. But we'll wait and we'll see because we do have some conflicting information on Chick-fil-A. But having said that, the uh, war on Christianity comes as much from within Christianity as it does from without, but the fact is that it comes from without in a great way. And what we need to do is we need to stand against people that are speaking against Christianity while at the same time being ready. I'm going through uh, 1 Peter with the uh, daily commentaries I do, and uh, Peter says that we are to be ready with a defense of why we believe what we believe. And so I would challenge you that if first you're not right with Christ, that you make that right today. It's very simple how you become a Christian. You simply believe the gospel. That's that Christ died for your sins, that he went into the grave, he was raised again on the third day. That's the gospel. And how do you appropriate it? You go to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and it says, if you call on the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I would ask you to make sure that you are right with Jesus today. You can get into all the doctrine arguments you want later, but get right with Jesus first. And then from there, you can start arguing all the doctrine you want. But for right now, that would be my recommendation to you. And then stand with the defense as to why you believe the message that you received. Okay? 
please do that because Chick-fil-A or anybody else is not the savior and we're not going to be saved through chicken sandwiches. We're going to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that may be coming. Opening on, you know, if they do cave in that way, they might as well open on Sunday because then the revenues will go up and they can, you know, do whatever. But I don't see the thing. I've never understood why they feel obligated to give money to all these charities anyway. It's a, it's a private company that makes money. That's what they're there for is to make a profit. And so by doing this, you set yourself into that position where you eventually are attacked by people. So if you want to give money, that's fine. But, you know, give the employees the, the raises that the company makes. Let them share in the profits and then let them decide what to do with the money. But if you're a Christian company, hire Christians so that they, as Christians, can decide what to do with it. But whatever. You know, maybe they get tax breaks. I don't know what big corporation. They do. Okay, well, that explains a lot too then. So whatever. From The Guardian. This is Christian News now. From The Guardian. Donald Trump plans to make foreign aid, good job, conditional on religious freedom. White House officials, he, I like this guy. I just, I can't stop liking President Trump. I know that he's he's brash and he's, you know, whatever, but he, he is just a, he makes the right decisions. White House officials are reportedly drafting plans to make U.S. foreign aid conditional on how countries treat their religious minorities in an effort that is seen as a sop to Christian evangelicals in Trump's base. The move, which threatens to impose further constraints on a U.S. foreign aid policy already heavily restricted under the Trump admin. The aides suggested the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom listings could be used for identifying which countries should have their aid withheld. According to the report, the proposal could also be extended to include U.S. military assistance with a potential impact on countries from Iraq to Vietnam and India. The commission's tier one designated countries regarded as the most serious offenders include U.S. partners such as Saudi Arabia, as well as adversaries like Iran. Critics point out that a number of key regional partners of the United States, including Iraq and India, have been accused of restricting religious minority rights, leading to the suspicion that any new restrictions are likely to be used selectively. Two White House officials said that the idea was in its infancy while an executive order was being drafted, adding that imposing sanctions was being considered as a method of achieving the same aims. The move follows commitments by Trump on religious freedom. During his U.N. General Assembly speech back in September, Trump signaled that his admin would continue prioritizing the issue. Hard to believe, but 80% of the world's population lives in countries where religious liberty is in significant danger or even completely outlawed, Trump said. Americans will never tire in our effort to defend and promote freedom of worship and religion. If you missed that speech, you can go back and watch it on YouTube. It was a great speech. From Cruz, Pope considering adding sin against ecology to church's catechism. Speaking to a group of lawyers, Pope Francis said that the Catholic Church is contemplating the introduction of ecological sin to the compendium of church teaching, as if that's in the Bible anywhere, okay? It does say in Revelation that the Lord will destroy those who destroy the world, but that's not what this is speaking about here, okay? They're talking about, yeah, climate change and fake stuff like that. Uh, we have to introduce, we are thinking about it in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the sin against ecology, the sin against our common home, because it's a duty, he said. The Pope's words came just weeks after the conclusion of a bishop's summit on the Amazon focused on the environmental threat to the region. He also said that the culture of waste, 
combined with other widespread phenomena in welfare societies, is showing the serious tendency to degenerate into a culture of hatred. It's no coincidence that in these times, emblems and actions typical of Nazism reappear. You know who he's talking about when he says this. With its persecutions against Jews, gypsies, and people of homosexual orientation represents the negative model par excellence of a culture of waste and hatred. He also said that upon hearing some speeches from certain governments, although he didn't give any examples, he's reminded of Hitler's speeches in 1934 and 1936 heard today. Once again, you know who he's referring to. We must be vigilant both within the sphere and the in the ecclesiastical context to avoid any possible compromise, which is assumed to be involuntary with these degenerations, he said. During his remarks, Francis also criticized the market idolatry that makes individual people defenseless before the interest of the divinized market, which has become the absolute ruler with some economic sectors exercising more power than the state itself. The principle of profit maximization, isolated from any other consideration, leads to a model of exclusion, which violently attacks those who now suffer its social and economic costs. He's a socialist, he's a communist, and he's just spurting out the typical stuff that those people say, while future generations are condemned to pay environmental costs, Francis said. Well, I'll tell you what the real problem is, is when future generations are condemned to pay the debt on you know, government spending money that they shouldn't be spending. It's not big government that solves anything. Big government is the problem here, and it has nothing to do with the things that this guy is saying. He is, this is a very, very wicked human being. I've said this before. I got a couple more articles I read from, from this morning from him or what he has been saying, and he is truly a wicked human being. There's nothing good in that man. I don't care if he wears white and has a little yeah. hat that blows off in the wind. He is not a good person. Mail Online, Ohio Republican House of Representatives vote unanimously to let students provide wrong answers on science tests and homework for religious reasons. Oh, now, I understand yeah. why they've done this. This is Republican that have done this, forcing schools to grade on substance and relevance. Now, I, I know why they've done this, and it is right that we should not force evolution down people's throats. Okay, and that's what this is about. It, the article didn't say this, but what they're doing is they're saying that if somebody objects to being taught evolution, they can give a wrong answer feeling convicted that this is the true six-day creation or God created or whatever, give that answer, and they cannot be penalized for it. However, having said that, I disagree with the premise because once you've introduced something like this, it goes both ways. The Democrats can now say the same thing on an issue. You know, are there two genders? Are they 10 genders? What is the answer? And whatever you say becomes the ultimate standard. And that is not a good way of running schools. What you do is you say, I object to this answer and I am not going to, to uh, answer because it is evolution and I do not agree with evolution and leave it at that. You can't give a wrong answer and get a right answer out of it. It just doesn't work that way. So anyway, I thought it was an interesting thing they've done, but I don't agree with the premise because as I said, it goes both ways. From Islam Today, Zero Hedge, Libyan official urges new U.S. intervention after Russians seen on front lines. This is important because the Russians have been in there and now they're actively shooting down there with the Libyans. A new report in Axios suggests that Russia has significantly increased its presence in war-torn Libya. 
perhaps seeking to clean up the mess left in the wake of the U.S. NATO-led regime change war, which toppled Muammar Gaddafi, which is because of our previous president. This after a recent New York Times investigation found that at least 200 Russian missionaries from Wagner Group have been in Libya, supporting renegade General Khalifa Haftar's offensive against the UN-backed GNA in Tripoli. Have to just keep watching Libya because it is listed right there in Ezekiel 38 as one of the countries. And once this is sorted out, they're that much closer to being able to carry this out. As long as Libya is in play and they don't have any way of aligning with Russia, Gog Magog is not going to happen. I don't care what people speculate or they say, oh, we're right. Until Libya is actually ready to go with the alliance Gog Magog is not going to happen, okay? That's why that's important. It's because we're getting there, but we're not there yet. That doesn't mean the rapture isn't going to happen. The rapture could happen before, it could happen after, whatever. Okay, that's a separate issue. But I'm saying Gog Magog is not close enough at this point because Libya has not been solidified under one military power. From The Guardian, U.S. accuses Russia of exploiting conflict in Libya. Fears that Russian mercenaries, unofficially backed by Moscow, are tipping the scales in Libya in favor of the military leader Khalifa Haftar appears to have prompted the U.S. to issue a strong warning to the general to pull back. The U.S. has been accused of taking little interest in the eight months of fighting on the outskirts of Tripoli that began when Haftar's Libyan National Army mounted an assault on Tripoli, provoking a fierce counteroffensive by militia forces supporting the GNA. Now, had they shown interest in it and started to take uh, an active voice, then they would have been accused of interfering. Our president can't win either way. But now they're saying, listen, you, these Russians are there. You have got to start fixing this. Recent clashes have left more than 1,000 people dead. But divisions in the international community have allowed the carnage to continue with little effective UN intervention. The U.S. shouldn't be in there. The U.N. may be, but Russia should not be there at all as well. Reports that Russian mercenaries employed by the Wagner Group are tipping the balance in favor of Haftar, something I've been saying for two years was going to happen, has raised fears in Washington that Libya could be lost to Russia in the same way as Syria. Very important statement there because, once again, I have been saying this at least two years, that Haftar is the man to watch. Russia has been backing both sides, but Haftar is their man. He's been up there several times. He's been uh, at the, the uh, what do you call it up there in Russia? The, um, oh, come on, the Kremlin, thank you. I was trying to say the Vatican, and I knew that wasn't right. But anyway, yeah, he's up in the Kremlin. He's, he's their guy. And so things are coming out exactly as I thought maybe they would. That doesn't mean that I had any real insights into it. It just, I've been watching this guy and I've seen him with Putin and it made sense. The unofficial Russian forces are seen to be testing the ground to help Haftar win control of the oil-rich country. So far, Haftar has been dependent on military help from Egypt and the UAE. The GNA has had practical backing from Turkey in defiance of a UN country-wide arms embargo. There are U.S. special forces in Libya, but they are dedicated to fighting Islamic State rather than siding with the government. In a skillful lobbying pitch, the GNA appears to have persuaded the U.S. that Russia wants to install an authoritarian government in Libya that will brush aside plans prepared by the U.N. special envoy, Gassom Salame, for the elections. The Russians have intervened to pour fuel on the fire and enhance the crisis rather than finding a solution. Uh, Bashagana something something I can't pronounce his name said criticizing the deployment of the Russian military group 
So there you go. Interesting things happening in Libya, and we need to keep our eyes on it. From Eric Shiva, Fox News reporter in Gaza. This goes back a week and a half. Somebody finally stepped up this week and said, Amnesty International lied, which they always do. They're there and they very biased liberal organization. Amnesty International lied when it accused Israel of violating international law for bombing the Palestinian Independent Commission for Human Rights Building in Gaza, said Fox News foreign correspondent Trey Yingst. Yingst, reporting from Gaza, said the building was hit by a rocket that misfired from Gaza. They blew up their own people's building and that he witnessed the event. Israel did not strike this building. A rocket misfired from Gaza. I was across the street when it happened, wrote Yingst on Twitter. Amnesty International is frequently accused of having an anti-Israel bias and whitewashing the war crimes of the Palestinian Arabs. Good job, Fox, on that one. From Al-Arabiya, U.S. may remove Sudan, another country in play with Gog Magog, may remove Sudan from a list of terrorism sponsors, says a U.S. official. The U.S. no longer has an adversarial relationship with the Sudanese government and is working with its counterparts on the possibility of removing it from a list of state sponsors of terrorism, a senior State Department official said. But Tibor Nagy, Assistant Secretary for African Affairs, cautioned that doing so was a process with conditions. It's not an event. It's not flipping a light switch. It's a process, and we are heavily continuously engaged with our Sudanese interlocutors on how we can go about doing that, he told reporters in a briefing. Asked if the United States was committing to lifting sanctions, Nagy said no, but added there are conditions to such an event. Everybody is hoping that it will happen. Everybody is hoping that it happens as quickly as possible. We all understand the hardships that it is causing. So if Sudan is freed from that, our eyes won't be on them the way that they have in the past, and they'll be more likely to side with Russia and come against Israel. These key players are all having things happen in them at this time, which points to something coming at some point in the near future. I'm not going to speculate if it's three months or 10 years, but it is in the works. From the Times of Israel, Pompeo says, he says something that our previous president refused to do. He stands with the Iranian protesters. Remember our previous president, they, he sure urged them on in the Arab Spring and countries were overthrown that should not have been overthrown by the Muslim Brotherhood. A lot of people that should not have died, died, etc. Okay, he instigated that. But when it came to his friends in Iran, he spoke against it. He didn't say, I'm not going to speak about the protests. Remember the big protests? And he just remained silent. Well, Pompeo was actively saying, we stand with the protesters. Good job with this administration. From Mongolia, from the New York Times, Mongolia amends constitution in bid to end political instability. They've had all kinds of political instability. I know you're all aware of that because we report on weekly. Mongolia has amended its constitution for the second time since it was ratified in 1992 strengthening the powers of the prime minister in a bid to end years of costly political instability and economic stagnation. In Mongolia's hybrid political system, power has been shared by an elected president and the government, which is appointed by parliament and headed by a prime minister. The president, who usually comes from the political party in opposition, is able to veto legislation and propose his own. You can see what a mess that makes. The system has made it difficult for governments to implement their agendas and has also been held responsible for long delays to giant mining projects. 
Experts say the changes will tip the balance of power in favor of the prime minister, giving the office full authority to appoint and dismiss the cabinet and weakening the role of the presidency. So we'll see how that affects things. Daniel 12 Technology Today. Tech startup from Mail Online. Tech startup creates self-driving scooters. You know the scooters people drive all over? You see them all over now. They can drive themselves directly to commuters and then back to charging points when the journey is over. So you see a scooter going down the road all by itself? Don't panic. They've got it figured out. The technology could mean scooters and bikes aren't left scattered around. They would return themselves to charging points or train stations. And maybe they can get them to plug themselves in and that would be even better. From the Wall Street Journal. Facial recognition software was able to identify patients from MRI scans. If you need to identify somebody as a Jane Doe or a John Doe and you can't do it any other way. Facial recognition software correctly matched photos of research volunteers to unidentified medical scans of their heads in a new study of images that are commonly used in brain research. Well, if they find a scan and it doesn't have any brain at all in there, all they have to do is say, hey, that must be Charlie Garrett, right? <laughs> Mail online. Air Force develops new system to harvest solar energy in space and then beam it down to military bases in the remotest parts of the world. So we have these bases around the world where they need to have supply brought in of energy, no more. The new $100 million project will develop a network of solar satellites into orbit. Energy from the sun will be collected by giant 10,000 square meter solar panels. The solar energy will be converted to radio frequencies and then sent to Earth. That's pretty cool, that's like Star Trek stuff there. Revelation plagues today. This isn't really a plague, but it could be at some point, especially if you like milk. Zero Hedge, Wisconsin's dairy crisis. We're losing two farms a day. Wisconsin's dairy crisis has only just begun as the state is losing two farms each day, according to Vice President of the National Farmers Union. You wonder how many milk farms there are if that's the case. I mean, whatever. As farm bankruptcies soar, it's possible that nearly 10% of Wisconsin dairy farmers may go out of business in this year, 2019. You look at the weather, you look at the crops, you can't get off the field, you look at the bills, you can't pay. Bankruptcies are up. Wisconsin is attributed as the number one bankruptcy in the nation right now when it comes to dairy farmers. That number is up, I think, 24% from last year already. We're losing two farms per day. Between 2016 and 2018, Wisconsin lost almost 1,200 dairy farms. The USDA saw a 6.8% decrease in farms across the entire country in 2018. Wisconsin's suicide rates have spiked over the last few years, and according to the Wisconsin State Journal, experts are attributing many of these deaths to farmers facing economic challenges. So you've got real woes on top of woes. Farming is such a stressful occupation by itself. It isn't just farmers who are committing suicide either. The political structure in place, which is designed to steal from the producer and redistribute wealth to the government, is widening the wealth gap, creating more poverty and generally destroying the mental well-being of so many Americans. Once again, big government. You put in big government, they take money from people that work hard. People get frustrated and they either get angry and do something bad or they maybe kill themselves or whatever. It's big government. I'm telling you what, Pope Francis is completely wrong in his approach to the world. I don't think, I, I know he's not a saved person. I mean, you can never judge the heart, but I'm telling you what, that guy is just a very bad person. And here he's talking about bigger government and 
This is the problem in the world is bigger government. NBC too. Oh, bad news for us, folks. Red Tide continues to cover southwest Florida coastline. It's just south of us right now, but it is here in Sarasota County. It's just not active. High concentrations of Red Tide have been tested in the water off Charlotte County, Lee County, and Charlotte County. The uh, they said Charlotte County twice. I think they meant Sarasota County. The red tide is also spreading north, including into Sarasota County. In the last week, fish kills have been spotted along the coast from Charlotte County all the way to Collier County. So there you go. We'll see if it happens because, boy, the businesses out on the key almost folded a year ago. when It, well, it was very bad for them. Morality today. From the Western Journal, feminists declare victory in Colorado town. Now, I reported on this particular uh, ruling a while ago, but I didn't know the full ramifications of it. And this is very sad. Listen to this. 11-year-old girls can now go topless. It's not just adults. They can't tell anybody, even children, if they want. And now I don't know if this goes to schools or not. Usually schools can set their own parameters because schools are actually socialist institutions. There's not supposed to be a voice of the students. They're supposed to do what they're told. But you never know with this type of a thing. When I read this, I thought this is really terrible. According to Ford Collins, Colorado, the city removed a law that prevented girls over the age of 10 from being publicly topless in early September. This slow slide into Sodom and Gomorrah-style debauchery is partly a result of Fort Collins deciding it wasn't worth a fight in a federal lawsuit. It all comes down to that. People challenge these things, it gets overturned, and then nobody has the money to fight it. And we're stuck with this in our society. In total, the years-long legal fight cost the city over $320,000. A district court first ruled the law unconstitutional in 2017, claiming the city can't enforce a law that only applies to women. Why not? A federal appeals court upheld that ruling earlier this year, as I told you all. I just didn't know the ramifications of it. Now to read that, it's heartbreaking. From Fox, Disney slaps content warning for outdated cultural depictions on classic animated movies. Yeah, you have an old movie that you love, Bambi or something? They've got warnings on these now. They don't have warnings on the ones nowadays where people are males or kissing males right on the sink. No warnings there. But outdated cultural things all have warnings. Disney's new streaming service warns fans that they may encounter outdated cultural depictions while watching some of its older content. After its launch, Disney Plus users noticed that some of the company's classic content, such as Dumbo, 1941, The Aristocats, uh, 1970, The Jungle Book, 1967, and the original Lady and the Tramp, all very violent movies, folks, 1955, all contain a warning at the end of their respective descriptions. These warnings caution sensitive fans that what they are about to watch contains racial portrayals that might be triggering. As IGN notes, Dumbo has been criticized in the past for depicting two wisecracking crows that speak in stereotypical African-American voices played by a white actor. The Jungle Book suffers the same issue with some of its characters, especially a group of monkeys being portrayed with negative, dated African and African-American characteristics. Meanwhile, Lady and the Tramp features the infamous We Are Siamese song performed by two cats speaking in stereotypical Asian accents drawn with large buck teeth. Well, I am married to a Japanese woman, and I know that that is true stereotype, okay? <laughs> She's over there laughing. 
Oh, goodness. When Disney Plus launched, it did so with live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp that replaces the offensive cats. They were offensive, okay? And their song with a different duo. For, so it's not the same movie anymore, so why even watch it, okay? Disney's biggest cultural blemish, Song of the South, will not be featured on the Disney Plus app at all. Although it won an Oscar for its original song, Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Day, the 1946 film has been criticized for decades for its depiction of post-Civil War African Americans. This is what you call revisionist. This people revising history. We can't look back and say, this is where we were and this is where we become, because then they can say that where we are now is bad. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. From our other category, Zero Hedge, I love my wife. Be a very good wife, yes. <laughs> Silly husband, I know. Okay, our other category, Zero Hedge. Denver business owner fired for not cleaning up vagrant poo and used needles. Now, they did the same thing in Denver. I reported on this that they did in uh, San Francisco, right? Remember that? We're not going to prosecute anybody that poos in the street. We're not going to prosecute anybody that's shooting up. We're not going to arrest these people. We're going to let them go, Okay. We're just not going to arrest anybody, even though the laws are still on the books. We are not going to enforce those particular laws. And Denver did the same thing. Now, what happens? They don't want the poo on the streets, but the city isn't going to clean it up and they're not going to prosecute the people that do it. So now they're making the store owners that pay the taxes clean it up. The city of Denver fined a local business owner after he and his staff refused to continue cleaning up after homeless people behind his building. There's food, trash, drug deals, said Jawaid Bazar, Bazar, I guess, who added in, uh, in the alley, we get, you know, the defecation, drug needles, prostitution behind his internet company. One night, an employee was sitting in his car when someone smashed the window and tried to stab him. And when Bazar and his crew stopped cleaning up the constant hazardous mess left by the vagrants, Denver find him. They are the ones that are responsible for the entire problem because they're a liberal group and they're blaming him. If the city's not going to enforce laws against trespassing or camping or public defecation and just make me bear the cost of these problems, that's just not right. Denver officials disagree, saying that if it's happening on his property, it's his problem, adding that he's subject to daily citations until the debris is cleaned take up. Yeah, take all the needles and all the poo and right, right take it down to their office and just drop it off at yeah, the city. Don't take our government to pay for it. That's right. This is just this world, man. Zero hedge. Retired man's home seized over eight dollar and forty one cent unpaid property taxes. $8.41. When an 83-year-old retiree paid his property taxes late, he miscalculated the interest owed to the county government. All told, he was $8.41 short. So the county seized the home over that trivial amount. Then they sold the man's home at auction for $24,500, even though the house was worth about $128,000. But the county didn't just keep the $8.41 that they were owed. They kept the entire $24,500. Although this was the most egregious case, the man found out he was far from alone. The county has been systematically robbing homeowners, selling their homes, and keeping the proceeds over much smaller tax bills than the homes are worth. In case you're wondering, the county in question is Oakland County, Michigan. Michigan, not, not California, Michigan, which is still Democrat, which is part of the Detroit area. 
and one of the most fiscally vanquished municipalities in the country. Detroit even declared bankruptcy in 2013. This highlights a very important lesson. When governments are broke, they will plunder the wealth of their citizens in order to make ends meet, even if it means stealing a retired man's home for $8.41. Zero, it is disgraceful. Zero hedge. San Francisco commuter arrested for eating a sandwich. Oh, no. Yeah, he ate a sandwich. Now, listen, this is the place that will not prosecute drugs. They will not prosecute people in the street naked doing their business or any of these other crimes. They will not prosecute them. This guy's eating a sandwich. Maybe you heard that San Francisco recently announced they will no longer prosecute public urination amid a homeless epidemic. In contrast, one rule they are still enforcing apparently is an ordinance that bans eating on public transit platforms. A video went viral last week that showed a legitimate commuter who was on his way to work being arrested for eating a sandwich on a train station platform. He is approached by a transit officer who told him, you are detained and not free to go. You're eating. It's against the law. Can you imagine that? Can you, what kind of a world are we living in? It's the twilight zone. Zero hedge. Here we go. Baltimore City hits 300 homicides for the fifth consecutive year amid murder crisis. Now, you think they've shooting 300 people a year, five years in a row. There wouldn't be people left to shoot. I mean, all the shooters are just dead now. No, they just keep putting out more shooters. On a per capita basis, Baltimore is one of the most dangerous cities in America. If you have plans on going to Baltimore for the holidays, which Jim has to go up there and work all the time, cancel them immediately. That's because the city is imploding on itself, likely to get worse in the early 2020s. The murder crisis in Baltimore could hit a record this year. There are 47 days left, and as of Saturday morning, 301 homicides have been logged into the Baltimore Sun murder map. And here's the reason for it. You want to know why this is happening? Zero hedge. Baltimore State Attorney... Over-militarization of police departments is the biggest threat to civil rights. It's the police's fault. That's the problem. Liberals. Liberals. Okay. What is the least free state in the United States of America? I get a lot of eyebrows up. Any opinions? Hawaii, Maryland. California. I'll give you a hint. It begins with N and ends with Y. Or actually, that's the city. It ends with N and ends with K. New York. Okay, New York. All right. What is the freest state in the United States? What? Texas, Florida. Texas, Florida. Florida. You get a Maserati for that one. Yes, if you want to know where your state ranks, you can go to www.freedominthe50states.org freedom in the 50 states.org and the 50 is five zero. It's not spelled out 50. Okay. If you want to know all of the ratings of the states in the United States, go there and they tell you why they rated it, who is free. And guess what? The liberals are way at the top of not being free state after state, after state, after state mail online, the U S let in, and I'm not boasting about this in any way. I agree with it though. The U S let in zero refugees last month for the first time since records began. He cut it off. He said, we are not taking people in if the rest of the world is not taking people in. We have, and this is legal refugees now, we have been the number one importer of refugees in the world over the entire world combined forever. 
We have always brought in more people than anybody else. And that means the whole world combined, we have brought in more refugees. I'm talking about legal refugees. I'm not talking about illegal aliens. Trump said, if the rest of the world is not going to step up and take people, then we are cutting our refugee program. And this is the first month in the history of the United States. None came in. It's to make a point, And he's doing the right thing. You want these people? You want to designate them refugees? Then you participate. The whole world combined, we have taken more in than any other country or all other countries combined. So Trump admin let in no refugees in October of 2019 for the first time in 30 years. State Department put a pause on resettling refugees in the country three times. Pause on new admissions meant taxpayer-funded flights had to be rebooked. In September, proposals to allow only 18,000 refugees in 2020 were announced. And I'll bet you, if you check the world figures, it's probably at or less than 18,000 worldwide. Legal refugee immigration, okay? And that's since he's cut it back from what our previous president had, which was just let them in, let them in, unless they're Christians. Don't let them in. Zero hedge. South Dakota spends nearly, this is actually should be in the irony section. This is South Dakota spends nearly $500,000 on anti-meth ad campaign with a tagline, meth, we're on it. They're supposed to be on it like we're, we're handling it, but instead they got pictures of like an old guy, meth, I'm on it. Or a late, yeah, they got it wrong. They did not think that through and they wasted $500,000 because they didn't think it through. You know, you got a little kid over there, meth, I'm on it. Okay, this is a Catholic this week. It's not a Lesseric. Our favorites are now out of date. Song of South has now met its fate. No zippity-doo or Siamese too will keep us up watching till late. Very good job, Kathy. Okay, got a couple ironies for you. Before I give you those, though, let me, uh, let me tell you something. Thursday is Thanksgiving. That is my personal favorite day of the year. We get together and we eat and we eat and we eat, but we enjoy company and we give God thanks for what we've been given. You know, if you're one of these people that doesn't celebrate holidays or whatever, that's your problem. It is a wonderful day to remember the benefits and the blessings of living in this country and serving the God that we serve. And we will give him thanks, okay? So I would wish everybody here a happy Thanksgiving. But our irony is called Baby on Board. Oh, I got one more announcement before I give you that. We have a new Sergio and Rhoda uh, video out this week, and it was really good. If you want to see a snowstorm in Israel that is like no other, it was really good video. Please watch that, okay? I'll link it at the end of the video today. Okay, baby on board. Mail online. Woman 19 gives birth in a French nightclub after partying till 5.30 a.m., and her child is given free entry for life. That's raising your kid well, right? Okay, so that's kind of ironic, though. And Mail Online, knocked up and locked up. Woman is caught smuggling four kilos of cannabis in a fake baby bump. Baby on board. There you go. So, such is the world we live in. And from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And that's your Prophecy Update for the week.